Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. We had a wonderful, wonderful Easter weekend. At this location alone, for the weekend, we had over 2,400 people attend. So thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of that. And we, we don't even have all the numbers yet on the whole ministry and even commitments locally, but we were right at close to 50 people here at this location that gave their heart to the Lord. So we celebrate that today. We rejoice in that. And again, I'm just so glad that you are, you are here. We're going to talk about water baptism for just a few moments, and I'll actually mention other kinds of baptisms in the New Testament. Maybe you're here today and you've not given your life to the Lord. That's okay. That's okay. You're welcome here. We, we believe that you actually belong before you believe. Before you believe, God loves you and, and He's not given up on you. And thank God He hadn't given up on me. Amen. So we're praying for you and we're just glad that you're here and that you're seeking God at any level. And so today, those that have made a commitment to Christ, those that have given their life to the Lord, they're following the Lord now in water baptism, which is one of the many commandments of the Lord, that now that He's our new Lord, we want to, out of faith obedience, follow Him. And water baptism is a powerful, powerful thing in the Christian experience. And so we're going to celebrate that with many people. I just want to look at one passage of, of Scriptures here in regards to baptism and the subject of baptism itself. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 11 through 13, he's already talked about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that have been distributed throughout the body of Christ. But all of these worketh, talking about those nine gifts that are distributed among us, but all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. Every one of us have a gift from God. Every one of us have a part to play in the plan of God and in the purposes of God. Verse 12 says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that body, of that one body being many, are one body, so also is Christ. In other words, the body of Christ is not one person, but the body of Christ is, is made up of those that have made Jesus the Lord of their life, there are literally millions and millions of people throughout the earth that have given their life to the Lord. And they make up the universal body of Christ of which Jesus is the head. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. By one spirit. Notice who's doing the baptizing in this baptism is the spirit. Notice what the spirit is baptizing us into. The body the one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So the first baptism, and baptism means to submerge, to immerse, to be totally engulfed with. The first baptism that we are to experience on this earth and in this dispensation of the new covenant of God that he's made with, with us now as people is that when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, the first thing that happens to you and I is we get baptized into that universal body, the body of the Lord. Again, we're no longer now in Adam if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, but you're in Christ. See, all of us are born into a world of sin, and all of us are born into sin and identified with Adam. One man got us into this mess. Adam got us into all this sin, death, sickness, disease. The one man, Adam, we were in our first birth 
born into that condition of sin. And there's only one way to get out. If one man got us into sin, one man can get us out. The second man, the last Adam. Jesus is the one man that you can put faith in now and get out of sin. You got born into sin. Now the only way out is to get born out, get born again. And that's when you call upon the name of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit takes you and baptizes you into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the first and foremost baptism. Everyone has to experience that. The second baptism under the New Testament is water baptism. We're celebrating today. We're fulfilling as a church the call of Jesus, the will of God in the earth. In Matthew 28, he told us as his people to go into all the nations of the world and to, to teach them to obey all the things Jesus has taught us. And he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'll be with you always. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus said to go into all the world and preach this gospel. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that doesn't believe will be condemned or judged. And God doesn't will for any of us to enter that final judgment of rejection and wrath of God. Jesus has made a way for everybody to be baptized into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that does that. You're the subject, and you get baptized into the body of Christ. Today, those that have experienced that baptism in their spirit, in their heart, they're going to follow the Lord in water baptism. I'm the one baptizing them today, and I'm baptizing them now into this new way of life, actually the family of God locally. We all need to be a part of a family. And church is, is a part of being a family. We're all now sons and daughters of God, the Father of, of, of heaven, the heavenly Father. We're all brothers and sisters. God's kind of a family kind of guy. He's called the heavenly Father. He sent his only begotten Son. And when we believe on him, we become sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. God doesn't will for any of us to be disconnected from a family. And just like in the natural, how many of you can testify that every family you've probably known is a little dysfunctional? Okay, that's not enough of you. I know all of you. And, and we all have dysfunctional families. We've all got an Uncle Joe that we wish would stay in the basement. Uh, Churches are no different. Church is a family. And, and I don't want you to look to the right or left, but I bet there's an Uncle Joe or two here. Hallelujah. Amen. But he's still our Uncle Joe. He's still family. And we love Uncle Joe. And, and we love each other. And we're here to, to walk this thing out called Christianity, to work out no longer being in Adam and the things of the world, but walk out now being in Christ and this new this new life in the family of God. Water baptism is an outer act of an inner fact. See, unless you're baptized into the universal body of Jesus through simple faith, and it happens inside of here, this is just a public bath. It won't change anything. It won't make a difference. But if you've been changed in here, if you have died in your spirit man and been buried and now been born again, raised anew inside your heart, through your relationship with Jesus, this is a powerful, powerful act of faith obedience in which the Bible talks about the cleansing of our conscience. We have to be so careful when we even talk about water baptism because we never want anyone to think that you have to get water baptized as a work on your part to get saved. 
No, you get saved by faith in Jesus. But if you are saved, if you've really changed in your heart, listen, water baptism is your public profession of your faith. You're saying, I died to that old world. I'm letting go of a life in Adam, and I've been raised anew. I've been born again, and I am in Christ now, and I'm going to at least head toward the kingdom of God. And that's what we're showing when we, when we put people under the water. They're being immersed. They're being submerged, and we're putting to death the old life, the old man symbolically, and we're bringing them up into newness of life. I really appreciate these services so much and how many of you are getting saved and you, and you immediately sign up to be baptized. And I really don't know you yet. So it's a lot easier for me to put you under the water and bring you back up. <laughs> Some of you have been tarrying a long time. And I've gotten to know you. And I fight the temptation of putting you under the water and just... <laughs> but I promise... I will, I will bring everyone up today out of that death into newness of life because the old life is buried and the new life is here. Now, this is important, and I want the young people to listen up, all the children. We've got everyone in the service today. Church is not an event we go to. It is a family we belong to. Those of you that are parents, one of the greatest gifts you can give to your children, that they won't say thank you till their latter years probably. They won't know what it means to them now as they're growing up. But them seeing you seek God is powerful in their lives. Them seeing you committed to a family and that church and the understanding of churches, we are a family. That that reinforces your family and, and family culture individually as your children experience it even, even corporately. And I, I don't want to ever put my parents down in any way. Thank God they're both with Jesus now. But them not going to church and me having to go to church by myself, I never felt like I belonged anywhere. I, I never connected. And I can't imagine what it would have meant meant to me. I was so hungry. And young people are hungry for the Lord. Don't let your teenagers even trick you out of coming to church and they don't want to come to church. And, and it's okay if they don't want to come to church. When you get up on, on the weekend especially and, and your kids go, I don't want to go to church today. You, you need to love on them and look at them and say, it's okay. That, that's okay. You cannot want to go the whole way there. Because there's sometimes I get up, I don't want to come to church. And Sue drags me out of the bed. <laughs> no, that's, that's being real. And there's times, yes, I don't want to go to church. And, and if we don't understand church as, as family, and we don't understand it as community, and we don't understand it as, as connectivity to something bigger than ourselves, and that it's not just about me, but it's about a body, and I belong to that body, and I'm not there just to get something. Maybe I don't want to go, and I don't feel like I need anything today, but we need you today to be here to help others that are in need, that are in need. Our church isn't something we do. It's something we are in Jesus. Now, I taught on the ecosystem of maturity a few years ago in these three environments in church culture. 
if we're going to continually grow, we've got to understand we're all, when we come into the kingdom of God, immature. And that we have to learn the principles of God. We have to learn the rhythms of this amazing grace. We have to learn the nature of God by the Spirit of God. And again, those are some of the things I'm going to be teaching over the, the next few weeks. I'm, I'm teaching now and showed you some scriptures on how the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. The pastor or the elders or leaders baptize you into a local body now, a family. The third baptism that we're going to look at over the next few weeks is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A different baptism. Something that's distinct and different. And those are three baptisms that we walk through as believers and our progression in our walk. But there are a hundred things in the kingdom of God that we still have to walk out and work out. And so this ecosystem of maturity is how we take people from making a commitment to Christ, getting water baptized, being filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that's not the end. We're on a journey and a destiny to be conformed into the image of God's dear Son. And our ecosystem is what helps us with that. The first part of the, of the ecosystem, and there are three different environments, is worship. That's where we're sharing God's word like we're doing now. We praise and worship. And, you know, there's so much in the Bible to teach on. I haven't taught on praise and worship in so many years, and it frustrates me. Because I think there's a lot of us that do not understand the power of our worship you don't understand something spiritual is happening. When we all come together and join together, there's breakthroughs in the spirit realm. There's, there's an anointing corporately we don't have by ourselves that literally changes things in a spiritual way that you won't see it manifest probably for months, but it began in, in worship and corporate worship. And we love you, Jesus. And, and, and we're so grateful and so thankful. Then there's, again, the sharing of God's word and the general assembly, and that's an important environment. The second one is community. Community. You can't just come to church if you're going to mature. You can come to church and just come to church and get somewhere in God, but you can't get everywhere God wants you to go without understanding community in this environment. And that involves our life groups and fellowship. In the last service, I don't know what happened. I'm not putting anybody down. It, it may have been God, but it just said fellow. They took off the ship. And I don't know if that was an accident or do they really understand that we're a bunch of fellows in the same ship and we lost our ship. When you're out of church, you lose your ship. You're just a fellow. You need fellowship. You need what that word kononia means of social intimacy. Iron will sharpen iron. Once you, you know, this, this won't go good, but so what? One of the greatest things that can happen to you is for you to discover there's people more messed up than you. I, I figured it wouldn't work. But I can't tell you, and I'm not being mean in this, I can't tell how many people I've helped, and the whole time I'm helping them and looking at them, I'm going, thank you, God, things are better in my life than I thought. I did marriage counseling for years. I'll deal with this Wednesday. This coming Wednesday, I'm going to share in our midweek service. I'm going to share some things about what God is doing. So if you're a member here, we'd really like you to, to be here. But years ago, I did most of the marriage counseling. And one of the reasons I've got a great marriage is I never want to be on the other side of the desk. <laughs> it wasn't fun. Okay, let's move right along. Community. 
I can't, I can't know everyone personally, but I can know a small group personally. Soon I have up to two and three life groups that we have going constantly. And, and we have personal connectivity there and friendship and we share life together with people. And we've been a, in a life group, Sue and I, our whole marriage. So this is where you get to pray for everyone. You get to learn our names and things like that. So it's important. Last one is serving, the third environment. And that's a part of our grow teams. And that's where we learn to love God, people, and serve, serve both. How do we get all that done? Next steps. That's why you hear the celebration when we talk about next steps. is because those four steps help you take a step closer to God's purpose for your life. In the first one, we talk about knowing God, just knowing God. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said something that was startling. He said, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter my kingdom. That, that should cause a, a shockwave to hit your heart. That just because you say Jesus is Lord doesn't mean you're going to enter the kingdom of God. And he said that those people that were calling him Lord and even doing religious activity, they didn't know him. They didn't know him. There's a place in pure Christianity where we really know God personally and he knows us personally. And out of that personal relationship does our life change. And so the first step is knowing God. Then knowing victory. You need to know what kind of church you're involved in. You need to know what we believe, and you need to hear what, what we say we believe, not, not what people out there say we believe. We just had a meeting with a couple of the pastors, and it was, it's exciting that in the community, we're not hearing so much about us handling snakes anymore. <laughs> we don't handle snakes. We've never handled snakes. We don't believe that. Snakes come to church here. But we don't handle them. But you may have thought some things and heard some things about our church. And we share who we are and how we started and how we operate. And some of that I'm going to share on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday night. Then the third step is knowing your gifts. All of you are good at something. All of you have gifts from God. All of you are here to contribute. Everyone here is good at something. Well, I'm just not good at anything. You're good at complaining. You're good at something. We just have to find the positive something that you're good at because everyone is good at something. These are steps toward relationship with God and relationship with each other. Next steps is how we serve you in your new walk of faith. Next steps isn't about what can you do for us as a church. It's what can we do for you as a part of our church. In a moment, Pastor Austin's going to come up and lead us in the Apostles' Creed. This is important, and a lot of times people do ask, well, what kind of church are you? Are you a Baptist church? Are you a Methodist church, Episcopalian church? We are an interdenominational church. We, we believe we're Christians. We believe that a lot of these divisions are unnecessary. And so as a church, though, we had to land what is our statement of faith. What do we believe? If you go to Next Steps, you'll find all these bullet points of different things we believe and what we believe the Bible says about them. But what is our statement of faith? The early church landed their faith with the Apostles' Creed. The apostles all came together and finally agreed, here is our statement of faith. And I believe this statement of faith is what all Christians believe and and as a church, 
it is our formal statement of faith. So uh, Austin is going to share and then lead us in that, and then we're going to go into our service. For additional free CDs or a catalog of all our teaching messages, please contact Dwayne Sheriff Ministries, Post Office Box 427, Durant, Oklahoma 74701, or call us at 580-920-1791. May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.